Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Look, tonight is a great episode that ain't, I'm saying it's great. I'm prophesying. No, I'm joking. I'm being deep because I got some pastors on tonight. So if I get deep, you know what I'm saying, and they bring the churchiness out of me, blame these guys. Don't blame me. This is episode 205, Pandemic Pastors. Look, I'm excited to be able to welcome to today's show three pastors, man. These guys are amazing. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But I know all of these gentlemen from in different ways, but I've known them all for a long time. I admire these dudes personally. I can I can tell you that these are three people that I personally know are good men, good godly men. I'm not saying they're perfect. None of us are perfect. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just praying. I'm just saying I know these guys are legit. I got Gerard, uh, Elder Mike, uh, Gabe. You know, I let them introduce themselves. Don't don't feel, you know, I'm not disrespecting them. If I go in and out of calling them by their names and I don't throw the title pastor in there, like, just know these some guys I know personally. And they just became pastors. You know what I'm saying? That's what a lot of this show is going to be about. So I got to get used to calling people pastor. And then I kind of don't got to get used to it because I just, you know, I just titles don't always matter. You know what I'm saying? Character does. All right. Anyway, I'm making people mad already. Let me just give a quick disclaimer about today's episode. I've had this idea of pandemic pastors with these three specific people in mind, probably for somewhere between four to six months. Don't quote me on the time. I don't know. But it's been most of this year, sometime earlier this year, uh, where I wanted to bring them on and talk about some things um, in the church. A, because I don't think we all take enough time to like pause and think about what has happened. Um to us over the last three years in this pandemic, number one. But then also most times when people talk about the church, they're either talking about it to tear the church down and you leave people in a place that they like, yo, like if church is that messed up and church hurt and all this, why would I even go? Or people do the opposite. We don't address some of the issues in church. We don't, you know, talk about areas that we need to get better in and develop and grow and hold ourselves accountable. And so both of those are kind of bad. What we're going to try to do today is productively talk about some things um, in the church, specifically during this time that we live in in a world post-pandemic. Talk about how the pandemic has impacted us all personally. Um, and we're going to hear from three pastors. Like, these are three wise uh, gentlemen that, um, like I said, man, these are the kind of people I call on uh, when I have questions or when I have doubts and things like that. So if you are a person that's looking for some encouragement and inspiration in Christ, maybe you're feeling a little down and out about just the role that church plays in your life, you not feeling it, you done with church, all those kind of things. Or maybe you in church and you looking like, oh, I see some things wrong and ain't nobody saying nothing about this is for you. Again, with the goal, the goal is pro-church, pro-Christ. We are people who love God and want to see people um, go back to into fellowship. Um, so that's our perspective, but we want to be real about that. Look, man, I've talked enough. You ain't listening to this today for me. We're going to jump into the intro. And then when I come back, I'm going to have these three pastors with me. That's hopefully going to bring some good, godly inspiration and advice to the show. And if not, you know, I just I just say I don't know these guys. I kick them off the show. You know, whatever I got, whatever I got to do to keep my name clear. You know what I'm saying? If they get on here talking crazy. I don't know these guys. It was you know, it is what it is. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. 
I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it the fear? All right, guys, people, man, you know what I'm saying? Let's get these guys in here. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the show. How y'all feeling, man? Oh, hold Doing on. well. Bless. Great. Gabe on mute. My bad. I had muted you, Gabe. I, I didn't trust that you was going to come here talking right. But how y'all feeling, man? <laughs> Great, man. Man, welcome awesome. to Inspire Guys People, man. Pandemic pastors. That sounds kind of apocalyptic or something, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I promise I mean it in a good way. Uh, let's let's first, man, start off for people that might not know y'all. Um, I'm gonna have you know, let's each one of y'all introduce yourself, your name, your church name, and then give us just a quick overview of what they expect at your church, what your church is about, what you believe in, whatever it is you want to cover in a quick 30, 30 seconds. We're gonna start with my man's Gabe. Let's start with you, Gabe. What's up, um, pastor of Path of Revelation Church? Um, we officially launched in October. We are a Bible believing church. Uh, we believe in sound doctrine. We believe that um, we believe in community and discipleship. And and um, and so I'm excited to be on the show today. If if you are looking for a church community, we gather in the wonderful city of Ferndale, two nine five zero Hilton Road. Ferndale, Michigan, um, Sundays from 10 to 12. We have prayer and all that good stuff. You can get tapped in. But yeah, man, I'm excited about the conversation today. And I'm just honored to be in the presence of all of you guys, man, because I respect every last individual that is on tonight. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation. My man, Gay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's go to Gerardo. Pastor Gerard, I, I don't know if I ever seriously called you that, so you know, I gotta get used to that. Pastor Gerard, let's introduce yourself. Hey, I am uh Pastor Gerard Brooks, I pastor Second Timothy Missionary Baptist Church on the east side of Detroit, a friendly church in the heart of a friendly community. <laughs> um, and I've been pastoring, uh, it's going on two years. And, uh, you know, we see hurting people and we're just trying to give them the answer, which is Jesus Christ. Bless you. Mm -hmm. Bless you. Pastor Mike, you know what I'm saying? I still call you Elder Mike. It's just, you know, it's, it's just in there. It's etched in. Uh, introduce <laughs> yourself, please. Yes, sir. Bless you, Doc. I am Pastor Mike Holloway, pastor of Walking on Water Bible Church. Uh, we have we launched in November, November 20th, to be exact, 2022. So I'm, I'm just a month after Pastor Gabe, <laughs> and uh, we are a, as, as, as was stated by the other brethren, we certainly are a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church with an apologetic agenda because we believe in standing on the word of truth, making sure that sure. people are taught. Uh, you can expect to be biblically educated, you know, because I think that church, uh, which, you know, in our culture can certainly be uh, emotional and there's nothing wrong with that, but that emotion should be tapered by the information, 
that we're getting. And so the information is, is, is what makes it important because when you know the truth, the truth makes you free. So that's what you get at Walking on Water Bible Church. Uh, we're in the uh, city of Livonia, 15115 uh, Farmington Row inside of Journey Church. So we're sharing a building with a wonderful pastor there inside of Journey Church. So uh, looking for a Bible-believing church, we're there. Come see us. 1215 uh, is our services on Sundays. Welcome, men of God, man. I appreciate all of y'all. Shout out to everybody in the comments. Um, we appreciate y'all. Lavelle just texted me and said that uh, it's not letting him comment. So I guess God is doing a work and blocking the enemy already, y'all. So brother Lavelle Neal, uh, he said he can't comment on YouTube. Hey, it ain't it ain't our problem, brother. Other people comment, and the spirit is blocking you. Uh, no, shout out to my my brother Lavelle. Uh, man, so thank y'all again for jumping on. Let's let's start here, man. Um, this pandemic happened. All of y'all became pastors, um, you know, what, three, you know, within the last three years. So like right in the middle of it. Hmm. And I guess what I'm curious about is the timing for y'all. Like, can y'all can can y'all explain like what the timing was it on on purpose? Did it just coincidentally happen that all of y'all walked into being a pastor? Um you know, during the, during this specific time, we'll start with you, Pastor Mike. Uh, yes, sir. No, it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> uh, I think it got to a place with me. You know, this is something that's been on my heart that I believe the Lord had been dealing with me on for years. And it just got to the place where I could no longer sleep. And I mean that like literally I could no longer sleep. And so, you know, I thought about just as you said, all these challenges like Mike, you know, you might want to wait on a better time and this, that, and the other, but you know, God just began to move us in a certain way, but I did, I think that's good in a certain way. You know, I, I think God typically does things that are unexpected. He takes the things that are foolish <laughs> to confound the things that are mighty. And so yeah. and I just, you know, we had to step out and do what God called us to do. I feel that. I feel that. So, so Gabe, what was that like for you, man? The timing of it? Um, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I know it sounds like a broken record because that's exactly what Pastor Mike said. No, I, I wasn't looking to start a church um, during the time that I did at all. Um, there was a lot going on uh, with family things. Um, started a new job, just bought a new house. It was a lot of beginnings and things that I was walk that me and my family were walking into. And so, um, funny thing about it. Um, during that time, um, me and my wife, we had felt like the Lord was transitioning us out of our the church that I grew up in my entire life. And um, during that time, <clears throat> excuse me, during that time, you know, we, we start visiting other ministries um, to see, you know, where we feel like God is leading us because we didn't know um, where God was leading us. Um, and then right when we were about to join a particular church of my brother, um, you know, I felt like the spirit of God gave me a sturdy no. And, you know, and, and I was like, uh, maybe that's me. And, and confirmation after confirmation, like, no, nah, because I had a plan. I knew God was calling me to pastor, but I, in my plan, I was like, okay, five years from now would be the perfect time. And then God was like, nah, now. Nah. And, and so we made that transition. And what's kind of funny is, you know, um, you know, we went to Oakland 
together and and um you know I know we were involved in ministry but some of the people that um we had evangelized to in Oakland years later end up being a part of our church plant and are part of our core mm. team now and um and and how that even came about was crazy but but god has been faithful man so yeah man that's a little snapshot into how things popped off um for us that's dope man yeah like me and gabe met in college and gabe was leading like three campus ministries when i met him so (laughs) i'm actually not surprised at all that you a pastor (laughs) so it's like my man was uh the first day we met we were about to fight the second day he was laying hands on me literally so uh <laughs> he was praying hey, that's a true story that's too true story imagine imagine being wow. about to fight somebody on thursday and walking into prayer on friday and they leading it i was like wow. i was about to, i was about to beat the brakes off the man of god lord forgive me please this man, this man was not gonna spit out my water prayer. he was not gonna <laughs> make that prayer if i'd have had my way brother I'm he almost got right he, he almost got hands laid on him two days straight <laughs> <laughs> hey, one one way or another, you say you was gonna lay hands. So, uh, was, and ever since then, we've been friends. So, uh, which is which is uh, very ironic. It's very humbling to receive a prayer for somebody that just twenty four hours ago you wanted to break feet up off in. Uh, so that was uh, that was a blessing. Also, not surprised that Gabe was about to join somebody church like. I don't know if I would be offended if it was me. <laughs> like, hey, man, I'm thinking about joining your church. <laughs> I like, no, I think I think you're gonna be a pastor. No, that that's that's an amazing story. But I think what that really speaks to is just the fact that, like, when he calling you, no matter how hard you trying to get away from it, it's like it, it was time. It was time for that to happen. So, Gerard, man, tell us about the time and for you. Lord Jesus, uh, how long is this show? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I'll give you the short version. So, as as you you know, you know, I'm a worship leader, and you know, I and I still lead worship uh, in certain areas, certain arenas. Um, and so I was cool with that. You know, that's 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 what I just wanted to do, and you know, I sensed the calling of God on my life. I sensed. I, I knew at some point, you know. I would pastor, but I, I didn't know what it would look like, you know, and I didn't really like think about it because that's I saw my pastor go through what he went through another pastor. So I said, that's not for me. And so my pastor died. Hmm. And I said, OMG, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it broke my heart. And then, uh, it was as if uh, the Lord was just like really like my I was so consumed with just sadness that he died. And then I called. Uh, I talked to the first lady at our church and she was like, uh, you remember that conversation that pastor had with you? And the conversation was if something were to happen to him. You would take the church. But I didn't take it seriously. I, like I said, I was cool with just going, you know. And then it actually happened. So, um, as as you know, in the Baptist church, they got to vote on stuff and things like that. So, at the same time, they were that you know after we grieved, at the same time that you know they were we were trying to figure out who would be the pastor, 
God is speaking to me. And the deacon calls and, and he says, uh, you know, we we need a pastor. So uh, we want you to consider being a pastor. And I, I, when I tell you that I was in my room pretty much like agonizing, like I know these people got, like <laughs> I've been knowing these people all their life, you know. Yo. I've been knowing these people. I know. I, I know them. You know, I'm not the right one mm. to do, to do this because I know them. And God just gave me a peace, and uh, and He let me know that if He's with me, He's for me. You know, mm. and uh, Amen. I remember I remember telling God yes, and I told the deacon yes, and uh, so I had announced. So I finally had announced that. Uh, uh, well, they had had me preach a couple times. Now, this, mind you, this is the church that I grew up in. I was born and raised in mm. this church. Right. So I preached a few times, and then one week I said, then the then the one week I said, all right, I'll I will pastor the church. I will stand and and declare, you know, whatever. How about in the same week, the same week that I said that these twenty year olds were were uh, drag racing or whatever they whatever they were doing ran into the church they died jesus front of the church got messed up and i'm like god you are hilarious this is this is one funny movie this is this could get an oscar right here this mm. that yeah. was the week that was the week that you said you the would be the I pastor yes. somebody wow. some people ran into the church racing died and messed up the church I, I didn't see the pictures on on social media, so yeah, that's crazy. Like that, that's that's yeah. heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. That's heavy. So here's what I'm what I'm curious about. As as y'all all, all kind of talked about the different ways y'all kind of accepted and walked into the call. The funny thing about <laughs> it is what I hear across the board is that there was a pool. Like it was like it was it was like God was was pulling. Gabe was trying to join another church. Gerard, Gerard they got it. You've been in this church thirty years. They still need a test drive. It's like, bro, like uh, Elder Mike couldn't sleep. Like so, it's, it's funny to think about how God is doing all that. And anybody jump in. Everybody don't have to answer this. But I'm curious as y'all were going through that, what was this transition like for y'all wives? Because I think sometimes, you know, it's like. <clears throat> People are always like, yeah, I'm called to preach and all of this. And, and it's like, man, like, all right, you like, what was the white? And, and you know, respectfully, I don't, don't want to put nobody in a position to, to be sleeping in wherever you recording at tonight. But <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to share about your wife with wisdom, um, if you could just share a little bit, you know, whoever wants to jump in on that, like what her experience was like. My wife was like new. <laughs> Shout out Angie. <laughs> Flat out. No. But then she said, if this is what God is calling you to do, then I'm 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 with you. You know, and uh, I thank God for that because you know, my my wife is a straight shooter. She don't, you know, she she ain't gonna beat around the bush. You know, sometimes I go around my chin to get to my elbow but she <laughs> she Angie don't play man like she like I love she had it's she pulls off something that not many people could pull off a absolute sweetheart and nice person 
that you're scared of. Like, <laughs> she is not about to play games. At which, all. Which, what side is she from? East side, bro. <laughs> Gabe trying to set us up to make the east side I, look I, a certain I, way. It's, it's true. I mean, uh, anybody else want to jump in on that and, and, and talk about yeah. their wife? Yeah, I'll say, man, and that that's such a, a a great question because I think that sometimes people don't understand just how important that oh spouse is in a move like this. Like, you know, when I remember, of course, so many years ago when I first went to my pastor telling him I felt the call to preach. The first question he asked me was, what is your wife thinking? You know, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm called, you know, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> what is your wife? That's such a powerful question, man, because, man, if that wife not on board, oh, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, that ministry not going to work, period. And so, oh, man. man, my wife, uh, her experience, you know, was scary, man. She, you know, everybody know I'm power, hope and grace, Dr. Quentin Wingate, man. Uh, then I, I was there plus 30 years. My wife has been there. 40 something years and wow. so so it become it was somewhat scarce all she knew was power hope and grace you know and so although i believe the lord had been dealing with her and she kind of knew that god was dealing with me so i think she expected it one day but when it first when it happened you know there was a reality there but i thank god you know that she was in full support you know and uh and it's been such a blessing to the ministry uh already so no that's awesome so, so with me, um, she was on board. She was like, if that's what God wants, um, but kind of how it kind of came about was really interesting because one of the reasons why I mentioned Oakland University is because, you know, Jill and Toya, shout out to Jill and Toya, who are probably watching now or going to watch later. Jill and Toya were uh, two young ladies who uh, came to the Lord, came to the faith through um um, our ministry efforts on in college. And so during the pandemic, while we were in the middle of lockdown, um, they inboxed my wife. Now, they didn't even have a relationship with Erica. They inboxed mm -hmm. my wife and said, hey, we we're going to be doing a Bible study. Would you like to join us? And it was just them and probably mm -hmm. two other people that would come off and on. And my wife was like, what What you think? I was like, cool, that's your Bible study. Cool, go ahead. You know, fellowship with Christian women. I, I'm coming in from work. Every Friday, they were gathering every Friday on Zoom. I'm coming in from work, not realizing, hey, this is the beginning of Path of Revelation Church. I'm coming in from work like, hey, that's y'all. Cool. I, I go down to the man cave and, and had the boys with me while y'all have Bible study. Praise God. And um, out of that, you know, when I felt like God said, now is the time, that's when I went to her and was like, hey, this is what I believe God is saying. What do you think? And she was like, she was quiet for a second. She was like, well, that's what he's saying. Let's go. And the rest is history. And so she's been like the biggest blessing throughout this process, man. Like she's been a blessing. So, yeah. Good. Look, that that's fire, man. Like. Shout out to all y'all wives, like, because mm. I think what people don't realize, like you said, Elder Mike, I, I've had this thought with, with Tiff where it's like, you know, when I got with my wife, I was a completely different young man. And I think sometimes we assume 
that because we're changing for what we believe to be for the good, mm. that the woman, she should just be this a blessing because he changing for the good. But a lot of times I'd be having to remind myself, like my wife did not get with a businessman, um, rapper, podcaster, you know, like yeah. she didn't get with that. She got with a dude from Seven Mile that mm. was just out here chilling, who liked to listen to Eminem, Kanye West. That's who she got with. And in a lot of ways, even though, yes, I'm, I'm sure that everybody else is like, I'm, it seems to be better to be where I am now. That's not an easy transition when you're being pulled along to that, when you're actually just completely fine with wherever mm. you were. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's, you know, that's a testament, though, the ability for godly women to know yeah. when and who to follow in their husband. Like that's a gift, man. So I just I just want to shout yeah. out the wives out there. Cause yeah. Elder Mike, you said something. It was like if the wife ain't on board, it ain't gonna work. Yeah. Can do do anybody I'm we don't have to stay on this long, <laughs> but I'm just I'm just curious, do anybody want to unpack any part of that? Because I think a lot of times we don't talk about marriage from this perspective of like when you're when when a when a man is being called out to something for God, a lot of men I think and a, and a lot of man a lot of a lot of pastors I think sometimes find themselves in a position where they really putting the church over God. Like I almost want to mm. ask like if the white because you said if she ain't on board it ain't gonna work. So what? Can, I just need I need some type of wisdom <clears throat> for somebody out there. It's a man out there right now that feels yeah. like God is calling him to do something and his wife ain't on board and he might only be looking at what's her fault about it. But what can we, what can we say to that young man that or older man, whoever it is that's in that position and his wife ain't on board. Well, one, one thing we have to keep in mind and I, I often hear people say this all the time, you know, uh, yeah, this is my wife and the church is my mistress, <laughs> you know, <laughs> We have, so wild. we have to be Jesus. we have to be careful as as leaders because you know we could sometimes get so caught up in the Lord's work that you know we we got the wife over here you know and I you know one one thing that I can say about about my wife like I said you know she's a straight shooter you know you need a person like that in your life to just kind of keep you balanced mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, sh there, there are times that I can get, I can, you know, get, get really involved in what God has called me to do. But, you know, this is the person that, that after all the ministry is done, this is the person that you got to see each and every evening when you walk through that door or, or after service, that's the person that you got to go home with. And mm -hmm. so just as strong as that, <clears throat> trying to make the, the church strong you know you you also have to build her up as well you know and make sure that we we we're tight and so so i thought that was a very profound uh statement you made mike <laughs> you and I, and, and if I could, go ahead pastor no go, no, go ahead Dan. so so i i would say man just to piggyback on what pastor gerard said was first off like marriage is supposed to be a picture of christ and his bride the church mm -hmm. 
the mistake that a lot of pastors make is they give their life for Christ's bride while neglecting their own bride. Yeah. Like I'm married to Erica Parker. I'm not married to the community of Path of Revelation Church. I'm in covenant with them as, mm -hmm. as shepherd of the church. Um, but the church is Christ's bride. Path of Revelation Church belongs to Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how else simple, more simple to place that. And so, um, and another thing, healthy, a health, I believe a healthy church is made up of healthy family and healthy marriages. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can we lead the people of God into biblical prosperity and, and yielding much fruit of the spirit if our own house if our own houses are out of order and so what i would suggest to any uh man uh who feels the burden and call of ministry but his wife isn't on board i would say whatever you need to do to get on one accord in your marriage mm -hmm. um because there's a here's a thing too if your wife isn't willing to follow you that may be an indicate indication of a bigger issue. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause one thing I, I developed a pattern with my wife through the good and bad that she can trust me and trust my walk with the Lord that no matter how bad things get or have gotten, she knows that, Hey, we going to be all right. And that's by the grace of God. And so that's, that would be my suggestion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would add too. I mean, <clears throat> for this person, listen, ministry starts now, <laughs> you know, on, you don't man. wait until you become pastor to start ministry. You ministry starts now. You can't pastor the church until you first pastored at home. That's the first See, ministry. The first, yeah. absolutely. And so in First Timothy 3, we know the qualifications are there. The man must be blessed, the husband of one wife, having his children. In, or um, The Bible speaks for itself. Uh, and I think sadly, and I, again, I don't know where this may take it, but sadly, that has been one of the things that people have used against the church because broken yeah. families or, or things like that happen. And the pastor just moved on. <laughs> Seemed like... And sadly, the congregation grow when the family fail, you know, because yeah. and so that becomes, I think, a black eye against the church. It's like and then what happens is people who don't want to submit to the word become more comfortable going to churches that that because they're not holding up the biblical standard. And I think that's a problem. No, that home got to be right. That as Pastor Gerard just said, the first ministry is your wife. You can't master that one. As Pastor Gabe said, you might not be uh called to do it <laughs> yeah yeah that's real like and I, I like that you said it starts now because i i'm gonna be honest i think man we sometimes wrongly put things on pastors that also relate to us as the church like you said there are certain qualifications like you need to have in order before you step into that but as a believer some of those things are overarching like there, yes. there are some things is like, yo, as a believer, I have to get things in order. And the, and the reason I'm specifically pointing this out is because 
if you only try to point to pastors as like, oh, they should be living some type of way because they're a pastor, then you a believer and you will be sloppy. And it's like, yeah, I've had to grow. Like one thing about me, man, sometimes I'm like, I get tired of growing because it's always something wrong with me. It's always something at every stage <laughs> of my life, like something that I'm missing, something like, oh, I was too immature with this. Oh, my God. Like and, and I'm constantly having to grow and it can get tiring for real, but I have a desire to be better. <laughs> And I think we have to, as believers, be able to look in the mirror before we get to that step as pastor. Like you said, mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, look, man, stop and get your crib in order. Mm -hmm. There's a there's so many passages in the Bible. Um, like one of them is I think it's in it's in Peter somewhere, but it's like um, honor your wife so that your prayers won't be hindered. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times, man, as men you can be pulled by your ambition and your desire to grow and all your goals to where that becomes like your God, that becomes your family. Like we're talking about and whether you're a pastor or not, just trust me, like just, just work on that and get that together. And it's going to always be something to grow. But I think what everybody is saying is that when you get that together, your church is going to be better off for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Brother sure. Jay, real, yeah, real yeah, quick. Jump in. No, no, real whatever, quick. wherever we go. Yes, sir. Be, being gifted to do something is not necessarily being called to do something. And I think that's where people have made the mistake. Yeah. Whoa. I think, can Whoa. I piggyback on that real yeah, quick? Like, I, yeah, I, think, I think that, and we were talking about this earlier, Jay, before uh, earlier today, um, how we live in such a individualistic society where it's all about the individual it's all about i all about self you know um i, I reading in the book of corinthians and how one of the corinthian church corinthian church of corinth's issues were um they were divided and one of the first issues that apostle paul addresses with the corinthian church is hey y'all have broken up in cliques some of y'all say I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas, I follow, did, did, did Paul die for you or did Christ die for you? And mm. so one of the first things that Apostle Paul addresses is like, y'all are man focused and this is not what I taught you guys. Mm. <laughs> this is not, this is nowhere near any of the teachings that I left you guys and where did you guys get this from? And so I think what ends up happening is we we have a society that's individualistic and everybody's about me. I'm gifted. I'm I'm called I, I, I. And really, it's so funny how people push. They'll fight for callings that's going to put them before audiences, but they neglect the things that are in private that really matter. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. like um, we're talking about having healthy marriages and and leading your home. These are things that you don't always get celebrated for. These right. are things being a good husband and being a good father. You don't people don't see most of that. You don't have an audience. You don't have people patting you on your back. Um, and so people would rather appear to have fruit than to actually have fruit in real life. My God. You know, 
Um, and and and, mm. and I, I told I told the church community yesterday. I was like, man, I don't want to act like I have peace. I want to actually have peace. Mm. I don't want to act like I'm um have power with God. I want to actually have power with God. I actually want to have joy. I don't care right. what people think if I actually have these things in real life. Yeah. Um, and I don't need man's approval when I have those things in real life because right. my priorities are in order. Who else? I, I feel like I feel like y'all was about to jump in to say something. I, I, if, <laughs> if you got something to say, just jump in. We don't have to. It don't have to be super formal. So I want to make sure y'all are free to kind of comment. Um, that Gabe, you you kind of touched on a couple things that you talked about the stage, um, <laughs> and, and I think this is something. You know, Gerard, you might be able to speak on this. You know, you know, for a lot of people know, if you don't know me and Gerard, like I've known Gerard a long time, but most notably, um, Gerard was the soul in J&J Soul. So me and Gerard have been on a, a lot of stages together, um, spent a lot of time together. We've traveled together, um, seen the ups and the downs and in-betweens, um, some of the best moments in life, some of the worst moments in life. And... The thing that I've learned through throughout, you know, time is that that stage, man, it could be a blessing and it could be the most addictive curse. And yes. sometimes, Gerard, like I kind of feel like as a church, we don't we don't necessarily deal with the dangers of the stage mm -hmm. because the the payoff is so lucrative. So, yo, I want to be a. Uh, a certain a certain gospel artist because I'm gonna get this award. We look at the awards and the notoriety as success and as God blessed. But what have you learned just being a worship leader through the years, and how have you navigated, like where to pull back, where to be careful? What what advice can you give a young believer out there that wants to be a star in the gospel world and the stage is their life, like just all the time, man, like. I just feel like it's a danger. Um, obviously, um, I think you know, Gabe, you can speak to that too. But but Gerard, starting with you, like, what what do you feel about just the stage? Should we be worried, or is it cool? Just go go after it with your whole heart. How how do we navigate that as believers? Man, uh, if I were to talk to my to my young self, uh, I would tell my young self, just keep reading the Bible, <laughs> man. Just, I just keep that, the Bible, you know. Don't yeah. and I, and and it, it, you know, love singing to the Lord, you know, love ministering to the Lord, you know, because it can easily become a gig, and even though you love God, it still becomes a gig. I don't care how anointed or how great your your whatever it is, it can, yeah. it can easily become a gig, and then you start to wanting to do it more and more and more. Um, one thing that I loved about singing with you guys, you guys really loved the Lord and you guys were really sincere. And it really taught me to, to really be sincere in, in my approach to ministry and worship. And I think uh, sometimes people uh, they're so busy trying to get to that next level or get to the stage and then they they're not and then they become insincere and then 
their life isn't adding up to what they're actually singing about. And right. for me, that's been the that's been my biggest motivation in in leading worship is that I want to make sure that when I leave the stage, mm. that I'm living what I'm saying. Like people can look at what I said and say, yes, he's living what he said because most people are looking at, and I'm probably talking around in circles, but most people are looking at that they they see you on the stage, but when you get off the stage, they're looking at your life. Yeah. Talk. And you gotta make sure yeah. if you're if you're on that stage, you know, it's it's one thing to see somebody on the stage and they prophesying and preaching and singing the house down and the glory of God is moving and, and they floating up across just floating on across the stage. Right, right. You know, taking off the, the coat and throwing it at people and the anointing is making them fall down. It's a terrible thing to see them, you know, mistreating their family or, you know, just not living what, you know, just, just not living what they're saying. It's, it's a huge turnoff. So I guess yeah. for, for for me, you know, don't go after the stage. Go go after God. Come on. And allow God to and allow God to lead you and, and let yeah. him take you where you where you need to be. Don't rush him. God knows what you need and God knows who to put you in front of. And I found, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna stop talking. I found more joy in ministering to those that are in my congregation on Sunday morning yeah. than I a, a huge stage. Yeah. These are people that I see That's all right. the time. And they're going through so much, and Man. for me to say something and to and to do something that's going to help them—that's more gratification than traveling the world. I may Man. not get to see a whole bunch of people all over the world, but right. if I can just impact one person by, you know, what I've said or what I've saying that I see, then I, I, you know, to God be the glory. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Pastor Gerard just said something so powerful, you know. Even preachers and preaching and all, you know, this can become performance based. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Not, all all, if, if we're honest, you know, all of us want to feel validated in some way. You know what I mean? You sure, know, yeah. we, we, we want a couple of amens when we preach, you know, sure. uh, you know, but if we're not careful and this is this this becomes uh, a part of the, you know, the struggle that can be a can be a struggle for any minister, any pastor mm -hmm. is that we ought to focus. Oh, he got. <laughs> uh, I, I was. I, I'm sorry. I was trying to show before you started talking. I wrote the word validation down. I wanted you to talk about validation. So you set okay. me off. You just keep going. You just set Come me on, off. Prophet. I lost my mind for three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, every now and again, the prophetic move on right, me. Right. Now. It, it <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Move, prophet. Right. <laughs> but you know what I'm Prophesy. saying. I, there are times where if we're not careful, the what God instructed us to preach in context with the text can start to change to be more appropriate to the to finding that 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 approval of the people. Right. We're not called. Don't get me wrong. We want to we want people to be happy. But we're not called to be men pleasers. Come on, <laughs> sir. We called to please God. Wow, and there are yeah, gonna be man. days 
There are going to be days when we preach and we're going to, the pastor is the greatest. And they're going to, they're going to be days when we preach and, and, and there won't be, we won't have, there won't be nobody running up and down the aisles. You know what I'm saying? There'll be no yeah. throwing jackets. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, we got to fight that temptation to cater yeah. to the, to the comforts of the people and be more focused with seeing people and Pastor Gerard hit it. I want to see lives changed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Paul That's said good. something powerful in Galatians. He said, I'm laboring till Christ be formed in you. And that, mm -hmm. that's the goal, man. It, it, it don't have to be the big crowd. When you see that one person changing, when you see they used to act a certain way and you can just see how God is dealing with them, man, that's the gratification. That That's the true joy of any true pastor. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we we don't talk about it enough with the the stage. Um, you just said something, Pastor Mike, the instant gratification. Mm. Sometimes we don't realize that the stage can be a drug for people. And Come the on. reason why what, what do most people use drugs for to escape reality, mm -hmm. Talk. to keep from dealing with reality um, and just like when a person is intoxicated or using drugs, dopamine is being set off in their head. The rush. Um, that rush. Mm -hmm. People use preaching in the stage, wow. singing for the same mm -hmm. thing. There's a rush. Yeah. In my in, in, in my heyday, I'm sounding like an old man now. <laughs> when when we were when when Path of Revelation, the group was gigging. At our highest, we were gigging every weekend, sometimes twice and three times in one weekend. Mm -hmm. And even the amount of times we were gigging, the much time we spent on the stage, that time wasn't anywhere close to the times we spent living off the stage. Yes, sir. And okay. so what happens with a lot of people, they put more emphasis on the stage that they may only be on for an hour in a weekend mm -hmm. or, or 15 minutes or, or, or uh, three hours, whatever, they put more emphasis on that while neglecting the hours of actually living their lives because they're chasing the rush and, mm -hmm. and, and they're use, really using their gift and the applauses of men as a drug to keep them from dealing with their failing marriages um, their, their wayward children. And this is why we look at pastors and celebrity. This is goes to the individualistic aspect. We look at these celebrity pastors, mm. these celebrity uh, Christian artists and worship leaders. And you look like, man, they just divorced their wife. They on their second marriage, but they, they ain't stopped touring. They ain't stopped selling records. They ain't stopped mm. uh, preaching. And, and it's like, where's the accountability? You know what I'm saying? We've created such a celebrity culture that no one yeah. can be checked. And 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 it really doesn't breed um, healthy homes. And that's Preach. why. And I think one of the reasons why these churches still grow is because when you look at the dysfunction in the pastors or the singers, a lot of times it validates the lifestyles of the people. Preach. Um, that aren't that don't want to change and don't want discipleship. And, and, and one of the things uh, Pastor Gerard and Pastor Mike is talking about um, is it's no, it's no comparison 
to seeing people growing in, in the church community. No, no amount of times on the stage or album releases can compare to seeing someone come to Christ and them growing in the faith. This is one of the reasons why I told you, Jay, um, this is the, the outside of giving my life to Christ and meeting my wife and having my children. This is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and seeing disciples being made, which is not right. a microwave process. It's no, not no. an overnight mm-hmm. process. It takes time. Yeah. Getting in the pit with people. You see people at their best. Come on. You see people at their worst. And, but but it is worth it. The toil is worth it. Making disciples is is not glamorous. And and really, that's what people want. They want the glamour and the instant gratification. So mm-hmm. a lot of times y'all, y'all all kind of touched on something interesting to me. And that's this this thin line between. You know, whether I'm rapping, podcasting, preaching, whatever, all the different things that we've done and do. Yes, you you know, you want it to be something that people want to enjoy and want to engage. If you're any type of public speaking, you know, uh, needs to be engaging. But then there's there's this interesting thing when you're preaching the word of God that's different than every other thing I can think of, especially as a business person. And that Mm -hmm. is, you know. I've been a part of, you know, some marketing, you know, mostly sales, but I've been a part of some marketing campaigns and things and at least supporting them. And one of the things in marketing is that you are you have a product and you are literally studying people's behavior to position this product because you need them to want it. Your entire goal Mm. is to position this as something that they desire. And when you look at the music industry even the world of preaching and churches, what has happened in our society today is with the event of social media, there's all this access and ability to market, right? And I tell people mm-hmm. all the time, as, as a sales and marketing person, I, my degree is in marketing, marketing is mind control because mm-hmm. you first study the behavior of people and then mm-hmm. give them what they want. I think what has happened or part of what has happened is that we have a, a lot of marketing focused ministers wow. who are studying what people want. Oh, they like this type of music. They need this type of beat. Oh, they, they want to. And then going in the lab and putting together sermons and Christian music. And I think what we've lost track of as believers is that there is a difference when you are carrying something as sacred as the word of God. Sir. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. if I'm putting out an mm-hmm. album. You know, if I'm if I'm writing my little book, whatever, if I'm saying if it's not even gospel related. OK, great. Like, bro, you marketing, you selling Reese cups. Great. Market away. Do what you got to do. But right. I think we've lost um, kind of like this respect for the sacred nature of the word of God. Mm-hmm. where We have a reverence and a fear for it. And I'm just curious, like from your perspective, how do we balance you know growth and popularity versus truth like and like do, do you have a perspective on like hey i want to grow my church versus hey i'm cool if it's 10 of us you know and 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 we just focusing on the word of god like because i think that's what a lot of people struggle with in social media because we yeah. relate growth to success absolutely yeah. yeah and and a lot of people associate 
growth <laughs> with you know success. You know, look look at him down. There. He only got them many people. He must ain't you know. But this brother could be the most uh, anointed, sincere right. brother. You know what I'm saying? And I guess I guess what I've learned because I'm I'm just gonna be transparent. I love to sing, and I love I, I like the and the, I love all of that. Yes, sir. I love it all. I mean, I, and, and but there are a lot of that more times than not. I don't even as much as I sing. I love teaching. Come on, because yeah. I love seeing the results of 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 lives change. You yeah. know, a lot of times we can get so people so emotionally stirred. To the point get where they just they yeah. leave emotional. They, just, you know, what I'm saying? that's all they got was emotion. They man, we we man, we I tell you, man, we shouted and we. I'm telling you, he man, he he tore it up. You know, he tore it up. But when you in your private time or when you going through something, ah, I ain't gonna save you. <laughs> you know, oh, and oh. we we especially what what I learned in this. In this pandemic is, and especially in this generation is, people need Jesus. They need the Word of God. Mm -hmm. We can't dress it up. We can't. We can't make it, it, it. We have to give it to people straight, whether they like it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think for 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 so long, we've tried to, as you said, we tried to package the gospel. As this pill that you take, you know, you got a you got an ache in your back, take this pill, be right. all right. You know what I'm saying? You got an right. ache in your neck, take this pill, come back next Sunday. You got an ache in your foot, take this pill. No, hey, that's man. a heck of a skit, though. I'm not gonna hold you up, bro. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a heck of a skit, though. The gospel <laughs> Tylenol. That is hilarious. Mm. Like that not look, I I'm curious because you also touched on something else. And all right. So since the pandemic, there has been like this huge focus on mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always am intrigued with and sometimes cautious about is like something becomes super popular in the world. And then the church is kind of like right behind it in the same way. Now, let me say this. I'm pro mental health. But I believe just like we, we talked about, like, Hey, your wife need to be on board first. Like there's an order that things need to happen in. Part of my concern now is that Christians are seeking non-Christian mental wellness and things. And so it's like, we got a lot of Christian therapists, Gabe. I know your wife is in that industry, yeah. Christian psychologists. And I think what has happened is that the pandemic ran a number on us. Like, we yes. just got to be real. Like, the pandemic ran a number on the world. I was walking mm -hmm. in the grocery store back in 2020, and I remember when people were losing their mind in the grocery store. They mm -hmm. bought all the tissue. It's people right now that ain't had to tissue, tissue two and a half years. <laughs> your tissue out of date. Like, bro, how your tissue? I ain't never seen tissue get molded. Your joint is old, bro. And so, <laughs> tissue expired in 2021, bro. I ain't using it. 
So, so my point though is like the pandemic <laughs> ran such a number on people that now people need mental, <laughs> like mental help, help, and help, but they're running away from the church to get it. And now the enemy has opened the door to give people all these solutions mm. outside of the word of God. So, um, Gabe, if I could start with you, what is just some thoughts or some advice we can have around properly seeking mental help um, for our depression or stress or whatever? That's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Um, not nothing deeper than that. I'm talking about just the, the things you deal with on the everyday level. What's the proper way that we should be seeking that? Versus being careful not to follow the world because the world talk all about self-love, self-care. And I'm like, yeah, but we got to yeah. be careful that self-love doesn't turn into lovers of themselves. Yeah. So, what's I your think, thought, Gabe, I, being Elder Mike? I, I think I think your question is more um, has more layers and, and is more complex than it may come off as. Um, some people do need a therapist. You know, and I'm and this is coming from my wife being a Christian therapist, you know. But one thing I will say is for us to identify to effectively identify how to approach the answer, I think we have to identify where we went wrong. Mm. Um one thing that the pandemic showed us or should have shown a lot of us is that word of faith theology in the in the present the prosperity gospel word of faith theology does not work mm -hmm. it did not work and and, and uh, actually a lot of people left the church because they realized it didn't work the problem is many of the people that left the church there's they're leaving the church saying the bible doesn't work the bible isn't true and the church is fake how can you say that when you weren't taught the Bible correctly? Preach. And so you have a lot of people leaving church when they weren't even taught the Bible correctly, right. when they weren't in a discipleship making focused culture, where they were in a church that was entertainment driven or personality driven. And so now we leave. And, and I, I tell you this. I can count on one hand. It, I got five people up to about five people that I've done ministry with in the past. Some of which I even served under in ministry who now identify as Hebrew Israelites mm. calling the white man the devil. It's like, how did you get this far gone? And, and, and really, um, I think what we have to realize is like, have we led people astray or have I learned Christ wrong? Have I been shown a bad example of who he is and, and things of that nature? And then secondly, I do believe some people need actually need, like we have to be honest with how what we've been through has affected us. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Think about it when the, during the pandemic, while we were on lockdown, we were at one of the highest racial tensions in our country since the civil rights. I think, you know, with the George Floyd stuff, that stuff did a number on, on a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? And and how the church approached the divisions in our country between race and stuff and people being standing on their political parties more than they standing on the word of God. 
it, it opened up the door for people to be like, you know what? The church is fake. They don't got the answer. And, and, and a lot of people still wanted, wanted some type of spirituality. A lot of these people left and went into um, African religions and witchcraft and Hebrew Israelite doctrines and, and different things. A lot of these people started in the church. And so right. I think I think that, um, you know, somebody else can piggyback. I don't want to talk too long, but I think, you know, properly diagnosing and being honest with what the issues are like, man, we just experienced this trauma and went through something hectic. Some of us lost family members and, Absolutely. you know, we stuck in the house and some of our house, some people's house situations aren't healthy, but you stuck in the house all day. How did that affect you? What are you, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that was powerful, uh, Pastor Gabe. And and, and just to, to tack on to that, I think that when it comes to mental health, the Bible gives us the answers. And again, this doesn't mean that someone may or may not need a therapist or not, but the Bible does tell us, great yep. peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. The Bible tells us that he will keep his mind in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Come on now. What what has happened, I think, it one of the things anyway, is that we have taken the attention away from the thing that gives us wholeness of mind, the thing that truly brings that shalom, that completeness. And we've turned to systems and things of that nature. For example, you know, even church itself. You all know all of us, you know, come up in the church where, man, you you may you may not get out. And I'm not I'm not saying go back to that now. But you know, we we could be in church, man. Wow. You know what and I'm saying? Then, then yeah. Come back. <laughs> and leave and come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Three services in one day and all that. And again, I'm not necessarily saying we need to return to that extreme. But what I am saying is that I think we've we've done things. We've eliminated things that I think that were important. Christian education, Sunday school programs, teachings. Yeah. You you got people in the church that, that can't quote 10 scriptures, that can't quote the books of the Bible, that you, you understand what I'm saying? So I think that from a leadership standpoint, as pastors, we've got to check this, the the uh, uh, biblical gauge of our congregation how much do we really know you know what i'm saying they're not even in the church today right there are not many people that can explain the trinity right and that's just you know and and really because we have it you know and we all have to look ourselves in the mirror have we yeah. truly taught it have we truly emphasized on education you know bible class is what do, do they still do those nowadays in some <laughs> places like no right. th these things are what keep your mind faithful attendance and again we've eliminated things and we've we've took programs so you've got certain celebrity ministers bringing in oprah what in the world are you thinking when you bringing in oprah winfrey again no nothing personal towards oprah i want oprah to be saved but what right. i'm saying is we we you got some spiritual minded people you could have brought in that will give you the word of god and so when we folk, when we put the word of God back in this rightful place and we emphasize the teaching and preaching of true biblical uh, scripture and context, I think we'll see mental health come back to where it's supposed to be. Right. As well. right. And mm. oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to let you jump in, Gerard. Yeah. And at, we have to stop separating things outside of God's church. Here's what I mean. Mm. These things are a part of ministry. God will yeah. raise up Christian therapists. 
God yes, will sir. raise up Christian artists. Yeah. Like we, mm -hmm. we, we like try to carve things out and make it seem like it's something separate than the word of God. Like, no, like God will give us therapists that will point to, there's a, a young lady, Selena deal. She's been, a um, she's out of Chicago area. She's been a guest on the show. Um, she has a, a, a blog um, called the taste, uh, man, tasting seers. Why, why I can't think of the name of it exactly. And I just wrote something for it. Sorry, Selena. But she is a Christian therapist um, mm. that will point you to the word of God as part mm -hmm. of this process. Yeah. And, and mm. I think that's part of the piece that we miss, that we don't have to leave God to get the answers we need. But Gerard, jump in. Well, no, um, this this might be kind of shifting the conversation. Go ahead. You can shift it. Direction. But um, I'm finding that we were more accountable before social media got you know big <laughs> um, why would i come to bible class when i can just you know scroll to <laughs> i can just i can just you know i can just cut it on and then somebody else teach it. and if i don't like what you teach it, teaching i'm gonna go to somebody else church you know and mm. uh i'm finding it uh, even even at my church like we have a um we have a Facebook Bible class, but it's a private, uh, like a Bible webinar. Class. Sometimes, mm. man, I have more, I have more viewers on the on the chat than I do in the actual sanctuary. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and you know that's that's one struggle that, uh, as a pastor during this pandemic, you know, people they don't they don't want to come to church. You know, they don't they don't feel that, that 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 it's necessary or, you know, but there's something about being among believers, you know. And, yes, sir. Yeah. And, yes, and it inside is. Inside of the sanctuary and, mm -hmm. and learning, having hands on like, man, I, I, I love preaching on Sunday, but my favorite time of the week is Bible study. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's the time, you know, and, and, and then what I find is a lot of the same people who have issues in their life are the same people who don't come to Bible study. Ooh, hey, that is, and hey, I'm a, listen, I'm man. Go to a comment. And, say, and I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking and I, you know, you talk. <laughs> no, we know what you mean. Yeah. There, my, my, my. I'm giving the answer. I'm, I'm literally telling you mm. what thus says <laughs> the Lord in Bible study or in the teaching and then you're going through something and 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 I and 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 sometimes us as pastors, I'll just be honest, we be feeling like, man, am I am I losing it or something? Like what like what what do yeah. what do I have to do? But we can't be weary in well doing. We have to realize that this is a work and that hmm. people yep. you know that yeah. I mean this this has been happening in since Moses. I, I gotta Moses, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to cut you off, Gerard, but I, I need to go to two comments real quick. And thank you to everybody in the comments. I haven't um because I want to keep the, the questions in the panel flowing. I haven't been addressing all of them, but I but I got a couple of comments uh that um have usurped authority here. The first one is from Angelie Brooks, and she <laughs> says, I think the problem is too many in the Christian society has treated the church as a social club or organization and not an organism. 
The mm. word of God is life, so the church should be full of life. Shout out Angie, Gerard's mm. wife, for typing a word mm. while he was speaking a word. That, look, she mm. said, I don't want us to miss, like, we treat hey. the church like a social club or organization and not an organism. What you got on that, Gabe? So this has been an interesting conversation um, that that I've been having with people close to me and within leadership in my Christian community, my church community, I should say, um, especially being a new church, being a new church, um, depending on how you're launched and, you know, there's different situations. You have some situations where you have organizations backing you and they got the, they got the brink truck backing up to, to push you. <laughs> that is so funny, Doc. In most cases, that ain't the case for most people. Um, and so um, one of the things that I found is the people we've been talking about, I've been talking about individualistic thinking. A lot of people not just approach ministry that way, but they approach attending church that way. Yes, sir. Mm. They approach church with a mentality of, not what can what offering can I bring to the body, what but they approach it? church like it's a movie in a sense. Okay, how are you going to entertain me? How are you going to make me feel? How are you going to serve me? And not how am I going to serve the God, serve the body as unto the Lord? How, what am what do I bring to the table? Um, I heard somebody say something so uh, profound about worship but i think it applies to church as a whole because us gathering amongst saints edifying one another it's a form of worship as unto god right mm -hmm. they said we make worship about us too much we make church so much about us we ask how was church today or how how did you how did you ex how was uh your experience at church today as opposed to what did you bring like mm. church isn't about us. It's about us edifying each other and glorifying God. Ch worship is about God. Yes, sir. But we found mm. even ways to make worship about us. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy. Ooh. And so, and so I think um, um, to, to answer the question, I think we have to decrease that he be increased. And that is something that should not be foreign to the life of a believer. This is why we have all of these mental health issues and stuff. Mm. We're, we're so self-absorbed. And, and one of the things that I found is when you're full of yourself, you'll always be left empty. Ooh. Jesus said, if you are going to deny yourself, you got to pick up your cross and follow me for whosoever will yes, save sir. his life will Shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What mm -hmm. does it profit a man to gain the world but forfeit himself? And so I think people are looking for heaven's solutions while not denying themselves for the God of heaven. And so I, I the word of God should be the foundation that should be the crux of what dictates and, and and 
determines how we live our lives. But a lot of times we want God's solutions rooted in fleshly desires. And that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it, that was all so great. Like the, what I'm what I'm sitting here thinking about is we've been flashing the light on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's a, it's a it's a gnat in the studio that's throwing me off, man. Uh, but like, I'm, I'm probably like crazy on camera, just like he, he in the spirit, <laughs> he clapping and everything. Like, no, it's a little gnat that he got in here. Broke out in a praise dance. <laughs> like, need mental health. Uh, but but I think what I what I'm sitting here thinking about, man, is like so much of it of of the the mental pressure and the stress. Gerard, you talked about how this introduction of social media sometimes we forget like it's only it hasn't been here that long mm -hmm. it's right. really been a good 10 years that people been strongly into it and yesterday we were out to dinner well multiple times but you know for father's day but one of the dinners with um you know um my wife's parents shout out to my becca and daddy darren um we were at dinner with them and my mother-in-law talked about like how irritating it is when you're out with people and everybody is just on their phone and it's just mm -hmm. whether it's this or whether it's that like we were all just like society moves so fast that we just pick up things as believers and it's almost like you know how like how we say with black people you know what i'm saying much love to all my white people hispanics everybody else you know but some stereotypes are kind of true and kind of funny um with black people if one person run we all running you know and i think sometimes in society hey everybody start doing this now nah, i'm just it's like some people you can't go nowhere without taking a selfie. And I, I think everything that y'all just talked about is actually oddly reflected in our social media behavior, where it's like, I can't go to church without it being about selfie. I can't, you know, be in my marriage without it being about selfie. Our, it's like mm. our whole view of the world is about ourselves. And I think we need to find a way to shine the light back on the word of God, because then it's the opposite. It's about humbling yourself. Exactly. Jermaine, you need to improve yourself. You need to develop yourself. You need to repent. Good. You need to grow. And there's mm -hmm. all these things in the Bible that causes me to change. But in the world, yeah. it's just about me getting more of whatever I want. So mm -hmm. um, you, you said you said repent. And it's almost like repent has become a bad word. That's offensive. Mm -hmm. It's offensive. Like like I, I, one of the things we've been talking about. In church at our church is um the Samaritan woman, right? At the one as she's at the well, and she gets to a point where she asks Jesus for this living water. She like, give me this this sound good. Give give me this living water. She mm -hmm. just comes out and asks him for it. Of course, we know Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, but she says, Give me this living water. The, ve the very next thing that Jesus does is he deals with her sin. <laughs> Go get your husband. <laughs> right. I don't have a husband. Right. She a said, you you've said right. You have five and the one that you've been with five people and the one you're else. with right now is not your husband. What am I saying? Whenever we want some really want something from God. He always deals with what's in the way of us getting what he has for us. Hmm. People want heaven's results while living for hell. 
Man. You say that one more time, sir. <laughs> People want heaven's results while living for hell. And Jesus was, and, and look how she did, like, please read this story when you get some time. The woman, in, the Samaritan woman. The moment that Jesus exposes her sin, she, instead of her repenting, she eventually repented, but instead of her repenting, she immediately gets religious. She got spiritual. <laughs> she got spirit. She got religious and was like, I perceive you're a prophet. We worship in the mount. She goes and she's talking about something that don't even matter. Instead of just saying, you know what? You're right. How do I get this right? So I can get this living water. And, and, and so many times people, instead of just repenting, they get religious. Mm. They hide behind forms of godliness and they're, they're singing in the choir and preaching, even preachers. You know, this is why the church is messed up. A lot of churches are messed up because the leadership is messed up. And, and a lot of them are like the Samaritan women. They're, instead of repenting, they just keep covering up their sin. They deflect and cover up their sins with their Cause, gifts. Because cause God knows my heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so I'm a shout so I don't have to change. Yeah. You, you realize how crazy that is? Like so, some mm -hmm. sometimes we, we start shouting and making a lot of noise because we don't actually want to hear that we gotta change something. It's like, hold on, like, all right, it's getting and I, I'm, I'm all good with shouting. I'm not saying that shouting is wrong, and but sometimes we start pulling heavy on one side, on on the the, the entertainment emotional side, and we don't mm. get any word out of it. Come on, but God. I, I wanna I wanna touch on one thing before we go. Um, and shout out to everybody in the comments. Jordan McLeod says everything rises and falls on leadership. That's uh, John Maxwell. Uh, appreciate everybody. Um, MJ Bell saw you in there as well. Um, and Trinice. I, I want to talk about one thing before we go. Respect for everybody's time. This is one of those things. Um, we definitely have to do a part two of this because there's so, mm -hmm. so much we can we can say. And I don't want to try to jam everything in and try to, um, you know, talk about things quickly but i do want at least y'all um to speak on this because somebody brought it up earlier like in the pandemic there was this huge focus on race and racial tension in particular as pastors and we're all sitting here as black men um i've done a lot of podcasts um if people you know i always advise people go on apple podcasts and spotify look at what i was talking about while it was happening more christian than black uh, a couple weeks ago, we did um, Proving Your Blackness. It has been strongly on my heart throughout this time of racial divide to proactively speak about the unity of Christ in the church. And while the mm -hmm. world is trying to divide us, say, no, we are united by faith. If if this your daddy, Jesus, and I don't be calling God my daddy. It's kind of a joke. I just want to say that. But <laughs> that's your daddy and that's my daddy. Then you my brother. You my sister. It's like, so... Right, so Literally. I just want it, any anything y'all to say as kind of a last word on this divisiveness and how the enemy is using race and any encouragement to believers, black, white, brown, blue, whatever color you are, they're like, yo, we not enemies. The world is like trying to make us enemies. How you how you my enemy and you saved? Yes, sir. Anybody <laughs> want to touch on that at all? I'll um, jump in. 
uh, uh, I'll just simply say, you know, I think that the Bible tells us that in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek nor bond nor free, you know, no male, no female. In other words, as you stated, bro, we are are unified, and I think that a lot of this racial divide is simply a distraction from Satan himself to to divide the church, to divide the nation, yep. to divide the home. Uh, Pastor Gabe hit on something a little earlier that was powerful as well, and so Satan has taken advantage of this ethnic pride. And, and yeah. this is what has been the success of some of these cultic Hebrew Israelite groups, you know, yeah. because it's about look how they've treated us. Look how they did us so bad. And and you're kings and you're gods and you're and, and, and that's appealing to somebody who feels oppressed. That's appealing to somebody who who doesn't understand his identity in Christ and seeking personal gratification. But yeah. we have to get back, I think, to recognizing who we are in Christ, right? Oh, man. All have sinned and oh, come sure. short of the come glory on, of God. That's whether you're black, white, yellow, green, purple. All of us needed Christ, and he is the unifying factor. I love the end of the book. In the book of Revelations, it says that there was a number that no man could number of every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. And those people gathered around and said, worthy worthy is the lamb that was slain. slain. And and, and he brings us together. And so I don't know. I never, with the help of the Lord, even even some of the groups, even when it came to, you know, we mentioned the George Floyd thing and all of this. And of course, that was tragic and horrific. And nobody condones that. Racism is sin. So all sin should be condemned. But at the end of the day we can't allow certain sins to make us blind to the rest of the sins so now we teaming up with groups that push all kind of ungodliness but because they pro-black you know we team up with them no they pro-black though but they can they can support abortion they can support homosexuality they they can support all this other stuff but if they pro-black they're our friends no we have to be pro-bible Pro scripture. When we are pro scripture, then we can give God glory and that'll bring us all together. Because when we look in the mirror and I'll stop here, I'm sorry. You know, you no, 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 No. you speaking. (laughs) All of us are sinners that need God's grace. All of us. And so when we allow Christ to get back where he belongs in our lives, in our culture, in our society, in our homes, then we can see each other for that. And then we can be restored to where God wants us to be. And I'm going to say this, the thing about it, and I see MJ Bell had a had a, a, a dope comment on YouTube. Yes, one thing I've seen in a lot of predominantly, predominantly black churches uh, I can talk is that they always speak on, you know us, black and brown people. And, and I think the reason that is important for us to talk about this is, A, you know, I am, we are proud to be black. You can be proud to be black. You could just like, you know, you could be proud to be Hispanic, white, anything else. But here's the problem that I think with black people we miss. Talking about all the, we go so deep into the pro-black stuff, it actually pushes people away from Christ because the message of Christ Mm. does not resemble that. The message of Christ is a unifying message where just like um, white people misused it in slavery, it doesn't make the word of God wrong just because uh, slave yeah. masters and people misused and abused the word of God, but our solution should not be to go and create the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, you if you do that, you just in a parallel universe 
creating this world of black supremacy or whatever else. And again, that is not the message of the Bible. That is not the yeah. message of Jesus Christ. So um, Gabe or uh, Gerard, y'all got anything to say about that before we get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's to the point where we worship our blackness as opposed to just Facts. Come on, being black and worshiping mm -hmm. God. And so we as pastors, we, you know, we have to undo all of that uh, teaching and, and right. bias. And so we, we have a, we have a difficult job, but with God on our side, you know, we can, we can, I mean, I, I sound cliche, but you know, we can, we can make it, man. And, yes, sir. and uh, we, that, that's the only thing that's going to, cause I, cause I find myself, you know, having to get up and, and say that because so many people were were very much affected by the Black Lives Matter and uh, uh, you, you you know this 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 candidate and and that candidate and and you if you if you if you're not a, if you're not a, a Democrat then you 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 crazy and you can't you know yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't think for yourself and you know my my thing is this man as as pastors we have. We have to be bold and we have to declare what God's word says, yeah. regardless of what society says, regardless mm -hmm. of what social media says, the media, all of those things. And we we when you look at the that the prophets and the and the preachers in back in the days of old, they yeah. didn't even care about their life. You know, Talk. they had <laughs> folk burning them at the stake cutting their head off you know <laughs> and it was all be, because of something that they said and so right. in this mm. in this day and time especially during this pandemic i'm praying that god would give us the boldness to declare his truth because people need the truth and and the bible says to know the truth and the truth will make you free and come so on, come on man you know i give i give a shout out to those pastors who are you know putting their neck out on the line? I, 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 I. If my pastor always taught me, if everybody's patting you on the back all the time, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to piggyback on that, Pastor Gerard, I think too. Like I think the church um, missed a, a huge opportunity. Um, I think the church missed a, a huge opportunity. A lot of churches, in a sense, missed a huge opportunity during uh, the racial tensions. Not saying that we can't still address stuff, but I think one of the reasons why we see so much division or saw so much division and um, and come, all, all of us coming from a black church context, um, most of the people who left the church they left screaming the church don't have the answers or the church don't, you know, they don't have the answers who, to who you really are. <laughs> African religions, we, we were people of African religion and we, you know, we pray to our ancestors or, or do you know that you are the people of the book? The church ain't telling you that. So it was like two extremes and it's like Christ wasn't enough. And, one of the reasons why I, I see the division existed and still exists in some areas is because we don't really understand the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. And oh. you don't really understand the gospel if you don't understand love. Because yes, love is, is the foundation of our faith. For God so loved mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. world that he gave his right. only begotten son, right? And so we 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 don't really understand love. I want to read 1 Corinthians 4 through 7 real quick and it talks about love. It says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Right, it does right. not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And Paul, I believe in Philippians, I don't have the scripture right off. He talks about love and how we ought to forbear one another. See, love, love isn't just love when there's no conflict. Love is love even in the midst of conflict. Mm -hmm. Some of us who have been married for years, we know when we have disagreements and stuff, sometimes we don't feel like loving each other. Come on, preacher. But but love, but love is not a feeling. No, I'm joking. Get to the good part now. Where my organ at? I got to No, but seriously. See, 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 we we've allowed the world to define love for us. Love is love. No, love is not love. God is love. We've allowed the world to define love for us. And what the world has done is they've made love an emotion. Come on. I didn't say emotions aren't involved in love, but we've defined love by an emotion. And so when we no longer feel love, we just move on to the next thing. That's why divorce rate is up and. I'm done with you. Everybody, nobody has staying power. Love is not an emotion. It's a choice that even when I don't feel like loving you, I'm going to love you. I'm going to stay. I'm Mm -hmm. going to sacrifice of myself because it's not about me. Love esteems its brothers more than itself. And, and so we don't know how to forbear with each other. And what I witnessed in a lot of the pandemic and racial tensions, um, it's people just cutting people off. The moment I don't agree with you, I'm done with you. Yes. Yet we're going to be worshiping in heaven together. Hey, that's, that's crazy. That's a big deal because I'm telling you, mm-hmm. like, and that's how the enemy has silenced people. Because yeah. it's almost like, yo, well, I got to be careful what I say to Gabe. Because if I say one wrong thing to him, if he disagree with me that his favorite Kit Kat is the white one and mine is the chocolate one, like, He's done with me off of anything. I, I want to, it's, it's one comment I want to, um, uh, Pastor Mike, if you could speak on this uh, um, mm-hmm. and this be the final word, because I want to be respectful of all y'all time. Um, Jordan McLeod, shout out Jordan. Um, he, he ha- he's had some dope comments in here. This one is, how should we engage our communities with the gospel without watering down the gospel? Um, Elder Mike, I specifically want you to speak on that because you did so much work during the pandemic engaging challenging communities yes. and talking about man i was you don't understand yes. like 
Yeah. It's a lot of us that look at you like, bro, this is like, and, and not the, you know, like we don't want to overdo it, but, but in all seriousness, like it, it's so Great admirable God. the way you navigate these worlds. So yes. um, as, as the final I word, if, I think that's a final, a great way to end it. A question of like, all right, with everything that's been said today, yeah, how do we engage our communities with the gospel to talk about things like mental health and our uh, ethnic pride and all, all these challenges that are complex to navigate? with yeah. the gospel without watering down the gospel what would you say as kind of a a final word and, and gerard and gabe if y'all have uh something to touch on after that then I, I will definitely let y'all do that and we'll get out of here uh yes sir um and to god be the glory man and, and i appreciate all the work all of you have done man i've been blessed by each of your ministries in tremendous ways but man certainly i think and and this was hit on i think pastor gabe hit this earlier that we got to know what the gospel is. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's part yeah. of the problem. We think the gospel is, he loves you. Just come. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> no, that's not, the, <laughs> that's not the gospel. The gospel is that Christ Jesus died to save wow. sinners. Yes. And, and so... And so you can't really understand the gospel till we identify the fact that we've fallen short of it and that yes. we've not pleased him and that we were far away from him through our own sin, our own iniquities, our own shortcomings. See, we've been trained in some church circles to just lift them up, tell them how special they are. But in actuality, without him, we're not special. And, and, and we've proven that over the course of our lives when we've seen time yeah. after time after time, because if you don't preach against sin properly, there can be no true repentance. That's right. And when we're and, and when you repent truly, that's on, acknowledging man. my sin. I'm acknowledging my shortcoming. I've acknowledged that I've displeased God. I've frustrated the grace of God. I've displeased the Holy Spirit. And when I acknowledge that, I recognize that I then you can know you need a savior. Because most folk don't even know they need a savior because they think they're doing good, especially yeah. you know, in this time, they think, well, I'm good. You know, I'll join the church church because it's nice. But no, we all need a savior. And when you recognize that you need a savior whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then you can trust in the saving work of Christ who put himself in our stead and died on yes. our behalf. He was hung up for our hangups. He died. He bled, right, for the sins that we committed. And when we put our confidence in him, that's not how the story ends. But on the third day, hey, Pastor Gerard, on a Friday, he got up. <laughs> He got up with all power in his hand, and now we can rise out of the situation. We're no longer slaves to sin unto unrighteousness, but we're slaves to Christ, slaves to Christ to righteousness because he makes us righteous, and our righteousness only comes through faith in him. That's the gospel. Right? When, when sins are preached against and when we understand the saving worth, work of Christ, we understand the true message of the gospel, and people can truly be delivered. Mm-hmm. And, and we can't be scared of it. You know, we we have to, you know, and, and I believe we have to preach the gospel and we have to be honest. Yeah. We, yeah. Have, to, we have to be honest. We can't, you know, because preachers have done a great job uh, of, you know, it's the, the pie in the sky and, 
You know, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. And, mm. and I got trouble. <laughs> Come on. You know, I, I, I am in trouble. You right. know, and, and, and our responsibility is to point them to God. Our responsibility is to preach the gospel with no compromise. I was I just told somebody today, I know that what I said was hard, and I know that what I said was tough, but if I didn't love you, I wouldn't say nothing. Yep. Sometimes mm. love, love isn't, you know, I'm just gonna just, you know, caress your problem and and give you sometimes love is tough. Mm. I love lo lo love is not an enabler. Yes, yes. I love you enough to tell you, man. Mm -hmm. That's whack what you're doing. Yeah, I don't want to see that's you it. go. I don't want to see you go in a, in the direction that you're going because the Bible says that the wages of sin, your payment for your sin, is death. Amen. But the gift of God is eternal life. And uh, if we just preach the gospel and and know the gospel, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and 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 also one last thing I want to say, you know, we have to keep sowing. You know, we have to go. keep sowing the seed of the word, and it's not yeah. going to just grow. I've never seen a seed just grow overnight. Right. You know, but you have to keep sowing the seed. You got to keep watering the seed. You got to keep cultivating it, and right. it's going to grow eventually. So, Amen, Gabe. You got a final word for us, bro. No, they just did a phenomenal job, man. That's a amen. Well, I look, I appreciate all y'all brothers, man, taking time um out um of y'all busy schedules to have this conversation. We'll have to do this again sometime soon because I think there's definitely more for us to unpack, you know, to the listeners out there. Um, mm -hmm. I'll make sure all of y'all information is in the um in the description of this show. If they're look watching on YouTube, it'll be on there later and Apple Podcasts when you um in a uh, Spotify for the audio. But this has been an amazing time. I've gotten a lot out of this. You know what I would say to the to the listeners out there, man. Be, you know as as we um you know wrap this up, it's just like you know the gospel is the key. Like that that's what we need. It's not the lights. It's not the camera. Not the action. And mm -hmm. and I'm telling you as a believer. No matter what you're doing, don't don't ever allow the flashy things to become the goal. Because I, I could tell you in yeah. the most transparent way with this podcast, working so many years for a Fortune 100 um, organization, working in sales and marketing, like I know exactly what to do if I wanted this podcast to like go crazy. Like I know how to do it. But mm. the problem is like it's the conversations like these that I want to have. Like, I'm trying to think of how can I bring people things that can help their lives. Like, I was a class clown. I know how to make people laugh. I know how to I, – I can go do all the skits and the parodies with the best cameras and stuff. But that stuff doesn't save souls. And so at Amen. the end of the day, God gives us a gift to bring interest to the body of Christ. Like, I hate to break it to you. Like, this whole me, me, me society, like, God didn't give you the gift so you can go get a Ferrari. The Ferrari might be – the fruit of, of the labor, it might be the thing that was added, but that just kind of happened because you did something that God told you to do as a believer. So this whole mm -hmm. idea of, of chasing the things first, we got to find a way to get out of that. And, and mm -hmm. it's not going to lead you where you want to go. So look, appreciate y'all brothers, man. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, check out these brothers 
churches, channels, and all the all the things that they're doing as well. Tell somebody about this show because I think it can inspire somebody to their core. Thank y'all and have an amazing, amazing, amazing day, man. This was